Hello, and welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 128. college radio days the program director would come running in and he would yell at you we didn't get along very well eventually i got carted away by the police from that job yeah that guy was kind of a dick i was an employee too anyway happy february it's been three weeks i guess that's my normal cadence again now that i'm done with my my covid i've been feeling great not to say I am not without my medical issues. Uh, went and got a CAT scan with Sub last Monday. Is that right? Yeah, last Monday, I think. And, um, man, that's a pretty crazy experience, you know. You gotta get your heartbeat below 60. And my resting heartbeat is not great, but it's not terrible. It's like 72. And so they give you this drug. And then you gotta sit there for an hour. And in this comfy chair, there's a comfy chair section of the hospital that you sit in and wait for your heartbeat to go down below 60. And, you know, I got my new Apple Watch here that I got last fall, and I'm just sort of watching my heartbeat. And, yeah. Took a while. And then, uh, you know, it gets down below 60, and then you go in this room, and they pump you full of saline, and you feel like you got to pee, and then they put some nitroglycerin under your tongue. It's all really weird. They do a couple practice runs, and then they scan you, and they're like... You know, unless it's really, really bad and we cart you away right now, you're going to hear later. Uh, so don't worry too much about it. And I hear back, like, I don't know, a day later, and it says minimal coronary vascular disease. And so my doctor's like, you should come in. And I come in, and she says, yeah, it's not too bad. You don't have any blockages. You got a little plaque buildup. Nothing's too hard. It's only one place. All the ones are clear. But your blood pressure's too high, which is really weird. I don't know why. My blood pressure really spiked this year. No correlation to weight or diet or drinking or anything. I don't smoke anymore. I get exercise. No changes, and it just shot up. Maybe it was during the Wagovi period. I don't know. Anyway, it's really high. Uh, the, the bottom number is not too bad on a good day, but the top number is bad. But now she wants the bottom number under 70, which seems in cra crazy town. But, you know, we just ad adjusted my meds, and now I feel like an old person. I got heart shit going on, and I, I don't know. She's like, your diet doesn't really matter to me. Broadly Mediterranean, high fiber, a lot of vegetables. And I'm like, that's a lot of olive oil. And I'm like, that's what I eat, man. She's like, all right. Um, you know, get your heart beating every day, minimal exercise, at least half an hour. I'm like, that's what I do, man. She's like, all right. Well, that's not going to really make a difference then. Just, you know, we'll double these pills and watch it, but... I'm not convinced. I doubled. It's been about a week now. And I've doubled the blood pressure medicine. And it's not really moved a whole lot. Well, that's not true. I got this home blood pressure thing. And it's like, it's good for a home blood pressure thing. But when I go in, those readings are going down. So I guess I just won't worry about it. And then tomorrow, no, Monday, I got to get a colonoscopy. Yeah, being old is fucking awesome. You know, it's funny, I've been writing about this in Good Morning, Hello, How Are You, my daily email, and all these women younger than me are like, oh, here's how you handle a colonoscopy, and I'm like, I thought this was like an old dude over 50 thing, but I guess not. Once you start talking about it, man, it turns out a lot of fucking people have done it. <laughs> people younger than you, people in their 30s. It's kind of crazy. Um, it's not that bad. I mean, I'm only on 
day two before, so I'm just on the low fiber part, which sucks because you have to eat like white bread and shit and you can't eat any vegetables. And I live off of basically whole grain and vegetables, but that's not entirely true. I do like cheese and potatoes. So, you know, if a doctor tells me to eat white rice or white pasta instead of whole grain, I'll do it. I still have my childhood taste preferences, you know. It's pretty crazy. You'd never get rid of that. That's why Jane just only eats pretty much whole wheat breads. <laughs> There's white bread in the house right now. It's the first time I think she's ever seen it. And she's like, I don't like that bread. I'm like, good. Keep it that way. So, yeah, that's a Monday. Whole day shot. General anesthesia. I haven't had general anesthesia in like, I don't know, 12, 15 years maybe. But it was awesome. It was a good time. I remember that. They drilled into my head and and I uh, woke up and I felt awesome. Really hurt the next day though. So, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Uh, putting a camera up your butt. Awesome stuff. Awesome. Work's been really hard. I got to go to New York for work for one night on Wednesday. And I will, that'll be, it'll be fun. I mean, it's a work event. Employees, like, get together with the coworkers. That's, that's fun. As opposed to, like, a conference or something. Those are no fun. Uh, but, you know, I just, I don't like leaving the house anymore, man. I'm, I'm reclusive. I like it that way. Uh, but it'll be cool to see New York City. I do love that city. It is a great town. I don't think I'm going to have time to see any friends, though. That's a little sad. Just up there one night and back. But then I'll be back in, like, March or something. So, yeah, we'll see. I bought this, like, wall calendar travel planner dry erase poster thing. And I put it on one of my workbenches. And I've been trying to, like, map out my year. Because i got to get to Alaska at a certain time. We want to go to California. We got a wedding, but there's also that Cruel World concert, but they're three weeks apart, and we're thinking of spending three weeks there, but Taylor Swift is right before that. We got to, like, coordinate with her mom, figure out if or if she wants to come with us on any of these things, Them's mom, or if she wants to watch Jane for any of these trips. And it's like, you know, then work stuff and this and that, and it's just like, I don't know, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. Like, when we went to Boston last year for a month, it was fine. We took, you know, the SUV. I brought my whole computer. Well, I brought an iMac. Um... Did he bring an iMac? Yeah, I brought an iMac. So I had my screen and I had like a webcam and stuff, you know, and I can't really work on a laptop that well. And I mean, I can for a day or two if I have to, but it's not how I like prefer to work for long periods of time, you know, so I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I don't want to fly across the country three, four times, once to California, back from California, up to Alaska, back down from Alaska. It's too much, man. It's too much flying. I had a no longer diamond medallion. Got to pay first class to like have any tolerable life in these planes these days. That's like tons of money, especially the California trip where I bring Jane and Emma and oh, wah, wah, wah. Neighbors had a bonfire. First one in like a year. It was awesome. There's a bar in town. It's like a really good bar. It's, you know, one of those James Beard kind of, I don't know, whoever does the James Beard equivalent for bars, best bar in the South kind of thing. It's called the Crunkleton, which when I first got here, I thought it was a pretty funny name. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a, a f I thought it was like a Sixth Street Austin kind of bar that its joke was it was fancy, but you could get crunked at. Crunked being a presumably a euphemism for getting drunk, right? And the bar is called the Crunkleton, and it's on Franklin Street, not far from UNC. So I was like, that's funny, man. Crunkleton. <laughs> it's like baby's first nice bar, right? But it turns out, actually, it's the owner's name, and it's awesome. It's a great bar, and all the bartenders are great, and very knowledgeable staff. And my neighbor loves it, and he goes there all the time. I don't, because I don't really like to drink and drive. Also, there was a pandemic. Um, but even before the pandemic, he would go 
and just hang out. And I, I, I've been a few times with him, but like, I don't like to drink and go to bars and then drive home, you know, and I guess I can do it with him, but it's not like, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't, whatever. Anyway, I don't do it a lot, but it's a great bar. And, um, but he's friends with the bartender. So he invited them over and the other neighbors came over and it was like the first time we'd all done it in like a year or something. And it was so fun and it was just the best. It was a great night. And then the next night, the two other neighbors came over and we sat on our porch and we made s'mores and we let Jane stay up for it. Usually, like, we tell people to come over after Jane goes to bed or right before, like, 8.30. But this time, we were like, well, come over as soon as it's dark. So they got over at, like, 7.15 or something. So Jane was still up and she was so into it and she loved it. And she was making s'mores with them and making s'mores for everyone. It was so cute. And then, like, <laughs> one of the neighbors put, like, taught her Duolingo. And she got really into Duolingo for a few days and started, like, learning Spanish. But she seems to have abandoned that now. And the funniest thing is they put their phone numbers on her phone because they didn't believe my five-year-old daughter was texting. And now she just texts with them both all the time. I told them, I was like, I mean, you don't feel compelled to answer. I'm trying to teach her that people don't answer their texts right away. <laughs> but now she just texts with them. It's hilarious. There's this professional couple up the road. You know? <laughs> oh, that's pretty great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going well. Jane's great. She's, uh, been, let's see, we've been very into the periodic table of elements lately. And we, I got her one of those, uh, Osborne books. They're so good. And, uh, I was teaching her about atoms and compounds and the periodic table. And, you know, she had all these children's science books and none of them had the periodic table in it. And I have this like coffee table, expensive book with the periodic table and actual samples of a lot of the elements in it. I'm, I bought it years ago. It was like hundreds of dollars. And so I mistakenly let her look at that. And then before I realized how posh it was because I, I just knew vaguely in my head I had a periodic table book somewhere so then I had to take it away from her and then I was like okay you have periodic table books and now she got it and we're reading it and she's like going on about like protons and neutrons and atoms and compounds and molecules it's great and before that we had done inertia and momentum and gravity and friction and then she started using those as metaphors for her moods it was pretty great because, you know, I taught her about inertia, right? It's like the energy that keeps a body doing what it's doing. If the body's moving, it keeps moving, wants it to keep moving. If it's sitting still, she's like, it's like it wants to sit still. She's like, like me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I just kind of went with the metaphor. I'm trying to teach her about metaphors, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. Um, and then she would be like, I have inertia whenever she didn't want to do something. But that was so much better than what she would do before that, where she would just kind of scream at me. I'd be like, Jane, let's go. She's like, and now I'd be like, Jane, let's go. She's like, I can't. I have, I have inertia. And it was just so cute. So then I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to actually keep trying to teach her about emotions, more complex emotions. You know, she was happy, sad and things like that, tired. And, but so like every time she's like feeling an emotion and she's complaining to me, I kind of I kind of like try and name it. So like we've gone through like ambivalence and anticipation and laziness and distraction and focus and finding a good stopping point. And <laughs> when you're feeling antsy and then like Emma's on this, like, uh, you know, like uh, more political kick about it. So she's been going on about racism and gender and we've been going on about prisons and <laughs> prison reform. <laughs> and then like negative numbers and integers. And she's been doing addition and carrying and, you know, like kind of working on long division. Division still a little, like division and multiplication are still a little confusing to her. She does multiplication in her head with her Legos. Like, I'm like, that two by four stud, how big, she knows two by four is a you know certain size of stud in Lego. And she's like, it's got eight dots. But then I'm like, what's two times four? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, it's the same. It's just like your Legos. And I can't get her to quite get there. But I mean, all in all, for a five-year-old, it's kind of disturbing. It's, it's a little crazy. She's reading the Babysitter Club right now. 
<laughs> it's definitely hard for her, but she knows every word she can read it. It's really weird. There's a best school in the in the state. It's like top 25 elementary school in the country, and it's free. It's public. It's a charter school, but it's public, and it's called Woods Charter, and it's just up the road. We put her in the lottery, and we totally failed. We were like number 242 on the waiting list. And that was the only thing that Emma and I had both decided about. We were like, <clears throat> if she gets in there, she can go there. But she didn't get in. I guess we'll try again next year, but she didn't get in. So then, you know, I put her on the lottery for the Montessori school. People really like it. But then her neighbor had, like, mentioned that she got in on the Montessori school. She also got into Woods, but it was COVID year, so they passed um, 2020, and they didn't do Zoom. <laughs> it's pretty hardcore. I'm not sure how they got to decide that on a school level. They're in the same school. That, anyway, um... Turns out the Montessori school doesn't do holidays. You can't dress up for Halloween or anything like that. I don't know. And it's self-directed. I don't know. If you know anything about Montessori, drop a line. My friend Abigail does. But, um, you know, they tend to do worse in math because they're self-directed. But Jane's pretty into math. And I think we're doing okay teaching her math. I mean, you know, I can get her up to, like, derivatives maybe and then like, differential equations. I can't remember calculus very well. Um, I don't know. You know, I could get her through, like, the first, like, sixth grade at least. But... Now, you know, we're like, okay, well, we could just send her to the public school. It's like 10% more diverse. It's like, well, 72% white instead of 80% white. And, uh, you know, it's not bad on grade schools, and it's not great. I mean, it's like, you know, it's about the same. And then, I don't know, then there's this farm school thing, and it turns out that, like, these distant relatives of mine are very passionate about farm schools that are on the national board or something, and that one's private, but it's outdoors, so and it's only does kindergarten, so she'd have to move again, so you're basically just punting the whole situation for a year. I don't know what to do, or we could just homeschool her. Like, I kind of wonder if there's some online test that we could just take, and she'd just test out of kindergarten, and then we could just worry about this in another year. I mean, I guess she should hang out with kids. It'll get weird, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's taken up a lot of our brain power these days. Uh, anyway, beyond that, let's see. Work is very busy. It's super intense. But I'm enjoying myself, and we're getting a lot done, and everybody seems pretty happy. So, you know, going along there. Um, I bought a new Kindle Scribe. I don't know if I've talked about this thing. It's awesome. It is a larger format Kindle with a stylus that you can take notes on and you can highlight into books and stuff. And, you know, the software is for it definitely Gen 1. I bought it. I wanted a large PDF reader. And there's several companies that make these. Remarkable and a couple other companies. You know, Books is a company, B-O-O-X. I was going to buy a Books one, but then Amazon came out with this one. And, you know, it's just platform lock-in, right? I've bought hundreds of Kindle books, so I'm going to buy the PDF reader that I can also read my books on. So uh, I bought it, and I'm very happy with it. I don't like Amazon, but they got me with this thing. And uh, I've got these good workflows now where I can print something from my computer and just with hotkeys and automator scripts, it automatically sends the PDF to my Kindle so I can read PDFs, which was a huge problem in my life. And now I'm reading PDFs and annotating them, and it's so great. I don't like reading long things on the computer. PDFs are hard to read on small devices because of the formatting. You know, there's like Acrobat on iOS has this thing called Liquid that it tries to like break it up, but it doesn't really work. So I've finally been reading all the PDFs I need to read, and it's been great. And uh, I strongly recommend it. Not necessarily the Kindle one, but, if you, you know, a large format PDF reader, strong recommend. They are great. Made me very, very happy. Uh, but you know, other than that, it's been all work. I haven't gotten like my good morning, good morning, hello, how are you? Volume two book 
out yet. I haven't done my annual journal formatting. I've just been working, 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 working. I'm, I'm impressed I can get this podcast done. And this weekend, you know, colonoscopy, making soup and jello and all this crap. And it's like, <laughs> oh man, I made jello today. It was the first time since I was a kid. That smell really took me back. I was like, oh my God. Uh, anyway, and then gardening, I, I got to start soon. I've started planning in my head. I had all these big plans for this year and make another bed and fence it in. I might still do that. I should probably order it. Um, yeah, I should order that bed. Mm, put the strawberries over there and put hoops over it and then make a trellis system for the grapes and then get water over there. And my two neighbors, the guys that did the bonfire with used to work in tech have started a general contracting firm and, uh, they tell me they can handle getting my underground water irrigation over there and then, you know, just a spigot so I could set up drip irrigation because I don't want to water stuff. It's a pain. Uh, anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Am I going to do all that? And I got to, you know, I start my seeds in like a month and uh, it's a lot. I've been really, really enjoying off cycle and gardening and having time on the weekends. I've had very lazy weekends because I'm not gardening for an entire day of the weekend. It's really nice. And I've kind of reworked things at work and I can't really take every Friday off right now. <laughs> and you know, it's not like I have enough vacation days to take every Friday off all year, every year. Anyway, I tend to do it the last half of the year. I guess maybe this year I'll just do it in the summer and just take every summer Friday off. I don't know, but I got to get that done. If we're going away for three weeks, I need to have the drip irrigation. And that's, that's like, vital that's how i we managed to go to boston last year you know so you know and then we had a super cold snap at the beginning of the winter and it kind of messed everything up but then i had garlic and wheat and some other stuff in the ground onions winter onions and um i think they're bouncing back it's hard to say i should probably thin the onions actually but but it looks like the garlic and the wheat is bouncing back i'm, I'm optimistic i thought that we would be taller by now but I don't know. The rosemary's killing it, though, man. Rosemary thrives in North Carolina winters. I could, maybe I'll just become a rosemary farmer. Anyway, that's all going well. Life's all right, man. You know, I took that pain medication, Cymbalta, and it's really kind of cheered me up. Got through the COVID thing. Jane is really through the worst of the tantrums, and she's just been great lately. I'm still doing two nights bedtime to every one bedtime that Emma does to make up for the month she watched Jane without me. Uh, you know, because I do every morning now, but she did every morning then. So she was, her addition was 30 mornings and 15 bedtimes and I can't do more mornings than all the mornings. So I need to do basically 40 or so extra mornings. And if I'm doing one out of three days of extra mornings, it means I need to do this for like two months, three months, you know? Uh, but I love it. It's fine. I mean, the only sad thing is it's been cutting into my movie time, but that's okay. We can deal with that. Let's talk media. So, um, my friend Ben and I, uh, were talking and we both are Plex users and we were like talking about movies and he was telling me where he gets his movies and, you know, he's a little bit more on the pirating side than I am. I'm on the ripping side and, you know, we kind of sensed an opportunity that we'd have slightly different stuff. And, and, uh, so we were like, yeah, well, he, I was like, do you think he had one movie Oh no, he's telling me about the server his friend had and it had a movie on it that I really wanted and I've been trying to get for years and I even have a friend that's friends with the director and she couldn't get it. And uh, he's like, yeah, it's on there. And they put it in his Plex. I was like, can you send me a link or something? He's like, oh, my Plex has downloads on. I was like, oh, great. And then I tried to download it. It didn't work in his Plex. And, and I didn't want to nag him about it, but then he saw something in my Plex he wanted and he was like, I can't download your Plex. Can you turn it on? I was like, it is on. And so we looked and we both had had it turned on for downloads, but it didn't work. So we spent like a whole, this was last Sunday. We spent the whole day trying to figure it out. And we eventually figured it out, but it was like this fluke, weird thing. 
where we could download each other's Plex if we used the Plex Mac client as our downloading client as opposed to a browser. And then another friend of mine was like, oh, I'm going to try this too. And then, you know, his worked fine, but not like not to me. And he had, and then he opened up the Mac client and he could download from mine. None of us can figure out what's going on, but we roughly have downloading from each other. All this is to say, I have added a lot of movies to my Plex because I have two friends that have turned downloads on, on their Plex. Um, so I added Bonnie and Clyde, the original one. I think I ripped that. Yeah, I ripped that from Netflix. Encanto, I ripped from Netflix. These are in 1080p. Putney Swope ripped that in 1080p because I watched, uh, you will recall in my pandemic quarantine, I watched, uh, senior, the Robert Downey Jr. Movie about his father, Robert Downey senior, who is the director of Putney Swope, which is about an ad agency that goes crazy rebellion, <laughs> racial rebellion or something. I haven't watched it yet, but it looked great to Titane, which is some sort of horror film that my friend Jess, we did a zoom. She told me she loved it. So I was going to watch that Shole, an Indian blockbuster from the seventies or early eighties that my, one of my best friends growing up, this kid Raj, who was Indian, who lived in my neighborhood, his dad got him into it and he got us into it. And uh, I haven't watched it since. And um, I'll talk about it later, but I watched RRR and it really reminded me of Shole. So I, I downloaded that, uh, the farewell, um, the Aquafina film. That was a great, great film salvation. The film that new order did the soundtrack to directed by Beth B. Uh, it's got touch with the hand of God in it. That's where it comes from. That's the one I was looking for forever and ever and ever. I could not find, um, but I'm very happy to get that. I've seen it. I had the VHS back in the eighties, but, uh, I didn't have a copy of it anymore. Uh, EO, the Polish donkey film, uh, the eternal daughter talked about that last episode. That's in 4k Wong Kar Wai is in the mood for love in 1080. The player, Robert Altman, Tim Allen, not Allen Robbins film has Richard E. Grant in it. I watched that in the theater when it came out, uh, X and Pearl. Those are in 4k, the horror films on a 24. Uh, I haven't watched those yet, but they, everybody says they're good horror films. I'm not a big horror fan, but I want to watch those. Tetsuo, the Iron Man, Japanese sort of modern modernity horror film in black and white art film came out in the 90s. I watched that in the theater when it came out. Great film. KLF's film, The White Room, Ein Sturzen de Neubauten's compilation, Halbermensch. Wings of Desire, Vim Vender's film in 4K. I put up the 1080 when the Blu-ray came out. Apparently, somewhere it was also released in 4K. I can't find it, but it was in Ben's Plex, so that's cool. Uh, the Menu in 4K, Soderbergh's Kimmy in 4K, Souvenir, Parts 1 and 2, uh, Lucas Moodyson's Lilia Forever, uh, Matthew Bright's Freeway. I had Freeway 2, Confessions of a Trick Baby already, but I didn't have Freeway 1. That's in 1080p. I saw the world premiere of that movie, actually. In Toronto at the film festival, back when Annie and I would go. Uh, Wakanda Forever, 4K. I haven't watched it yet. Bubba Hotep, 4K. Great film. And Babylon in 4K. Haven't watched it yet, but I'm very excited. That's the next film I'm going to watch because I want to see this film that flopped so spectacularly. I'm very curious. Uh, anyway, those are all in Plex now for your perusal. Hit me up if you want Plex viewing privileges. I have not sold anything on eBay. Um... Right now, I'm ripping the Tar 4K and Krzysztof Kieslowski's Blue Col uh, Three Colors trilogy in 4K. I got them from Best Buy, but I got to rip them still, and I got to put them up on Plex, and then I'll sell them. Uh, and I'm ripping the entire complete series of Dr. Katz in SD for my mother-in-law, if you're a Dr. Katz professional therapist fan. <laughs> 
Oh, and in fact, I just finished the third disc of season six as we're talking. Great. Done with that. That took a long time. And what is my Netflix? I got a Netflix here that will be up by tomorrow. It is Anticipation. What could it be? Might as well tell you so you don't have to wait three weeks. Marjorie Prime. Oh, that was a great movie. I watched it a long time ago, but it was really low res. But yeah, it's like a AI kind of thing. And I really liked it. I don't know who directed it or anything. I don't even remember who's in it. 2017, so it's like five years ago. It was a great movie, so I'm just ripping a better copy. I think I have a bad copy in there already. Anyway, didn't sell anything on Discogs, didn't go to any shows, got a fair amount of vinyl, not tons. Two of them I forgot to mention last time. I got a spiritualized 12-inch called Spaceman Demo Mixes EP. That's pretty good. And Mojave 3 old album called Puzzles of You that I paid an arm and a leg for because I'm trying to get all the Mojave 3 albums on vinyl. It is beautiful pressing, and it sounds amazing, and I love that record, so that's very exciting. Uh, weirdly, I got two Victory at Sea records, both very reasonably priced, from two different sellers in the span of two days. Victory at Sea, uh, Boston Slowcore Band, I loved them. Uh, they are so great. And I was kind of friends with them, and uh, Mo Elliott was the lead singer. And um, anyway, I have one of their albums, and then I, ages ago, I don't know, I think I mentioned this on the, on the podcast, like three or four years ago, I added two of them to my the other, other two albums to my wish list on Discogs, and then randomly from two different sellers in two days, copies of each of these two albums came on for sale and I bought them both. And I was at first I was like, is it the same seller? What's going on? I look at it, it was just no. As far as I could tell, it's a total coincidence. I don't know why two people were suddenly selling their Victory C albums, but they were making a terrible mistake, but their loss is my gain. So I got The Dark is Just the Night and All Your Things Are Gone, two albums by the Boston Slowcore 90s band, Victory at Sea, strong recommend, great band, loved them so much. McHarvey re-released two albums, early albums of his. McHarvey, of course, is a Birthday Party and a Bad Seed, a longtime Nick Cave compatriot. They don't get along anymore. He talks about it a little bit in his last book, uh, Faith, Hope, and Carnage. Uh, but McHarvey on his own is a fantastic musician. I've seen him play several times live. He So he just re-released a double album. I think it might be the first time these two are on vinyl. Two of his CD-era 90s albums, One Man's Treasure and Two of Diamonds. Um, so that made me really happy. I got those. And then uh, Samia, Samia, I think it's Samia. Oh, she's so great. She's a Nepo baby. Her mom is Peggy Hill, uh, the wife on King of the Hill. She does the voice for her, and she's an actress. She's been in some other stuff. Her dad's an actor, too. She grew up in New York. But I don't care. I love Samia. I love her albums. I loved the first one when it came out a couple years ago called The Baby. Recently got a vinyl copy, finally. That had been in my want list for years. And then the new one, I've been tracking every single, as across most of last year, you know, she's doing that sort of release one single, then another, then another. And finally, when the fourth single comes out, the album comes out. And by that time, you've heard half the album, which is fine with me. But it's great. All of it's great. The Baby and Honey are the names of the two albums. I swear to God, I listen to Honey constantly, especially the song Mad at Me. Are you still mad at me? Oh, it's so good. John Cale from the Velvet Underground has a new album out. It's called Mercy. It's pretty good. A little long, a little samey, but the, the, the sounds that are samey are really great. has some good um, collaborators on it, and I really like it. Uh, and I bought a Nation of Language album. Talked about it ages ago, but I just picked up the vinyl for an affordable price. Introduction Presents. Great record. Haven't actually listened to the... That just came in the other day. That's it for vinyl, so not near as bad as last time. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 
Well, that's only like one every three days. That's downright responsible. Let us turn then to the albums I have listened to in the last three weeks, which is also a little bit shorter than previous lists, but that stands to reason I was on holiday and in quarantine and had nothing to do but sit around and listen to music and watch movies, whereas now I have a job and I'm watching my kid two out of every three nights and doing every breakfast, so a little bit less time. A little bit less time, but still, I think I made a good dent. Uh, Lee Lamas, internal working model. Woman, kind of synthy, kind of goth, liked it a lot. Pretty solid. Uh, Tarodan, all capital letters, P-T-E-R-O-D-A-N. The LP is named LP. My friend Nikki told me about this. It's a guitar instrumental mainly. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Guitar Wolf or a little Link Ray, maybe. I was into it. I liked it a lot. Uh, oh, Suisse. Self-titled album, Oh Suisse. Uh, I liked it. Uh, very, it reminded me of the Australian synth pop band Client Liaison. Very moody, very synthy, a little sophista pop. Pretty into Oh Suisse. Oh, but then Castle Beat. Ugh, Castle Beat rules. I talked about them last time, and I listened to one of their albums, and I listened to another one called Melodrama. Just a fantastic record. Castle Beat seems to be the solo project of some New York guy, but it's basically shoegaze meets synth pop meets drone meets indie rock, and it's so good, and I just... Yeah, my friend Nick, who's different from Nikki, uh, told me about them, him, and I love Castle Beat. I love Castle Beat. Revenge Body. <laughs> the album's called Chiron. Very synth goth. Very good. Very goth. I decided to, for the first time ever, listen to Material Issues album International Pop Overthrow, which features the hit single Valerie Loves Me, uh, because I thought maybe they deserved more to be a one-hit wonder, and I was right. I'm not a big power pop fan, but that is a very solid power pop record, and they should have been bigger than they were. It's unfair. But that one song, Valerie Loves Me, great song. Uh, Mule, M-E-U-L-E. Learned about this from KEXP, I think, M-E-U-L-E, self-titled album. Sounds a little bit like Trans Am, a little bit droney, uh, electronica with live drums, maybe a little chick, 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 maybe a little can. Uh, it was good. I liked it a lot. Listen to the second new Bell and Sebastian album, Late Developers. Not a fan. It was fine. There's a couple good songs. I used to love that band so much. Uh, I think they just got a little too like straight ahead pop and they lost the depression. You know, depressed bands get happy. I'm happy. You'd think I'd like the band when they get happy, but I like the sad music. I don't know. Uh, Final, which is a Justin Broderick noise drone project, Justin Broderick from Godflesh and Jay Zoo. He has a noise project called Final. I've talked about them before. They have a new album called I Am The Dirt. Solid noise drone, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, I listened to Iggy Pop's new album, <laughs> Every Loser. It starts off with a song that's a love letter to Miami. <laughs> It's kind of good. <laughs> there are two or three great songs on there. He's got a good, I don't know, I didn't look up who's in the band. I don't know who's the band members, but it's a pretty solid rockin' band. It's, uh, you know, it, it obviously doesn't have the hardest heart of hard edges like the old Stooges records, but it'll be good live, and it'll work right into his set. And, uh, you know, I mean, how old is that dude now? I don't know. Props for me, man. No complaints. He's like going on in a couple songs about he's getting softer. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but not a lot. <laughs> you know? uh, guided by Voices, La La Land. That was a good Guided by Voices album. <laughs> this week's Guided by Voices album was pretty good. There's just too many, man. I don't know. It's cool. I like what they're doing. But uh, I listened to every album and I liked them and I had songs from them, but I can't keep any of it separate anymore. <laughs> Uh, Young Fathers. Oh, my God. The Young Fathers album, Heavy Heavy. It's so good. It's so good. 
I just ordered it on vinyl. I don't know. You know, I've been listening to this band for a while, but I don't remember them being this good. My God, this new album rules. It's like the best. The Smia and Young Fathers, best albums I've been listening to. Uh, Lady Tron's new album, Times Arrow. Bit of a disappointment, if I'm being honest. Seems like they got happy too. And I, and I feel bad saying that. I really do. It's it's more poppy. It's less terrifying. Uh, it's less minimalist. It's it's just it's fine. I mean, I liked it, but nothing really great about it. Mary Cassidy, Sinner. Oh, that was a great album. Scary Woman Goth. Oh yeah, downright terrifying. Great album, Mary Cassidy. Sinner. Danielle Ponder, Some of Us Are Brave. Uh, sounds kind of like my W Hotel playlist. A woman, very soulful. It was a good record, though. I think I got about, I think I learned about her from KEXP as well. But uh, I really like it. Atmos Bloom, all lowercase, self-titled EP. Shoegaze, great shoegaze. Somebody recommended that one to me. Um, I want to say Matt? That doesn't seem right. Maybe. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a great record, though. Uh, yeah, Atmos Bloom, Blush, Response, and Warm. Oh, that was really good. Blush, Response, and Warm are two different shoegaze bands that got together to collaborate on a shoegaze album. Oh, so much good shoegaze. It's a golden age of shoegaze, people. Where were all these bands when I was at a shoegaze band? There are only like three of us on the continent in there. <sighs> Man. So many good shoegaze bands. Uh, really liked that one. Very slow divey on the slow dive, uh, Pygmalion era, slow dive era side of the shoegaze world. And it's a collaboration. Never heard of two shoegaze bands collaborating before. I, yeah, that rules. Perla, the unglow or unglow the, I guess. That's a good record. A little country. Sounded a little bit like first aid kit. Don't know where I discovered it, but I liked Perla. Then the new John Cale album, Mercy. We talked about that. Uh, I put Boy Genius, but that's because they're doing that thing where one song comes out, then another song comes out. When the second song comes out, the first one's on there, and then the third song comes out, and the first two are on there. So by the time they get to the third or fourth advanced single, it looks like an EP, but the actual album's out, not, not out yet. So we won't talk about Boy Genius until the album's out. L.A. Timpa, T-I-M-P-A, La Timpa. I don't know if it's La Timpa, because I think the L and the A are capitalized. Pity by One, All Good Treasure. Um... <laughs> my note says good very helpful rick very helpful i liked it i don't remember anything about it <laughs> that's really gonna really gonna put more about that one on there <laughs> uh the samia album we've talked about that have a nice life oh yeah that's great the album's called voids it's very goth noise metal i loved it oh yeah that made me very happy have a nice life death crash People thought my windows were stars. Uh, Post-rock kind of reminds me of this old Boston band called Cathode that I really loved. Um, Slowcore post-rock, really good. No Sun, Heading for the Door, Great Noisy Shoegaze, Loud, kind of on the MBV Live end, Swerve Driver end of Shoegaze, No Sun. That was really good. I didn't listen to a lot I didn't like this week, except Bell and Sebastian, I guess. Uh, Iggy Pop, I liked, but it was boring. Lady Tron, yeah, I guess, okay, all right, I did. H.C. Uh, McIntyre, Every Acre, H.C. McIntyre, local singer-songwriter on the local label Merge, a little bit country, a little bit folk. I didn't ever, hadn't ever listened to her before because I was mixing her up with His Golden Messenger, who I don't really care for, and I've seen a couple times. But I actually realized, I was like, oh, this is a different Merge act. And so I listened to this album, and I really liked it. Actually, I'm very into H.C. McIntyre. I've skipped seeing her live probably 50 times since I moved here, and now I feel dumb about it, and I should go see her sometime. 
Laura Stevenson, The Big Freeze, moody goth woman singer-songwriter. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was great. That was like old Rick would have loved that, or young Rick. 90s Rick. 90s Rick would have been very into that. Uh, Bera, oh, yeah, Bera Gisla daughter. <laughs> this was, was it Nikki that sent me this? Yeah, this is awesome. Symphonic Icelandic drone. Oh, my God, it's so good. It's like 50 minutes, one piece. It reminded me a lot of Tony Conrad's drone works of the mid-90s. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Tony Conrad do that once live and it made me melt my face off. It was so good. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. Um, and uh, I Googled her. She's like, a, you know, another one of those uh, Icelandic classical composers. They seem to have a lot of these <laughs> in Iceland. And I really liked, I loved that album, Silva, all caps. One long, noisy drone piece, but symphonic. Oh, so good. Orin Ambarchi, uh, Shebang was the name of the album. Melodic, almost ambient, a little pretty rhythmic, uh, electronic. Um, that was really good. That came from Brainwashed, uh, the music blog's year-end reader's poll. Uh, the Dream Eaters, a uh, band that my old friend Jake Zavraki is in. He saved my life once on a bad drug trip. Thank you, Jake. And uh, I really like him. I love their YouTube channel, The Dream Eaters. And uh, this is Disposable Music, music from The Dream Eating uh, Freak Show, which is the YouTube channel. They write songs for it. And uh, it's great. It's weird, scary, uh, dark pop, I guess you could say. Not dark like moody goth pop, but like, uh, you know, like campy horror film pop. <laughs> uh, Katerina Barberi, Spirit Exit. That was great. Uh I don't remember too much about it. I get it mixed up with the Orion Umbarchi record. They're both kind of like melodic, uh, electronic, and rhythmic. Softly rhythmic. like Kind of like uh, arpeggios or staccato, not like heavy drum rhythmic. You know what I mean? Soft Pink Truth. Is it going to get any deeper than this? That was great. Reminded me of Chick Chick Chick. Dancy, funky. I was really into it. Soft Pink Truth. Serum. The Liquefied Throne of Simplicity. Oh, that was awesome, actually. That's like folky drone psych. That was a really good record. And then I got really into like, um, so on the brainwash readers poll list way down was an album by Pan American called the, the, the patience fader. And I was like, Pan American's still around. And I used to be really into Pan American and Pan American, which is a solo project of one guy that was in this other band named called the Bradford that I was super into in the early nineties. Turns out both Pan American and Le Bradford to some extent are still around and Pan American has like five albums I never listened to and Le Bradford had one album I never even knew about. So I listened to two of the Pan American albums, The Patience Fader and A Son, S-O-N. And back in the old days, I had the first Pan American album on vinyl that I bought when it came out, like, I don't know, 30 years ago. And it's electronic minimalist, but now it's very folky, kind of ambient minimalist, more like a Daniel Lanois kind of thing. He's very different. Kind of reminds me of like, um, this makes sense because there's like band overlap, but uh, Wing Victory for the Sullen or something like that. But um, yeah, I really like the new Pan American albums. And then I went and listened to the new last Le Bradford album, Fixed Content. And that was really good too. I always loved that band. Why did I stop listening to it? I have a Le Bradford t-shirt. I used to wear it all the time. Very excited about all those records. I'm going to get deep back into Pan American and Le Bradford. Sam Precup and John McIntyre, formerly of the Sea and Cake and Tortoise, have a new album together. It's called Sons of, and it's awesome. Low-key electronica drones. I really, really, really liked that. Diamanda Gallus. Galas. Oh, my God. I saw her once with John Paul Bonham from Led Zeppelin. That show was crazy. 
Anyway, uh, she's just like this crazy avant-garde vocalist that's been around forever. And this new album is called Broken Gargoyles. It's two pieces, and it's just intense and insane. And I haven't listened to her in years. Thank you, John Whitney, for reminding me about Diamanda Galas and that she's still making music. And that was amazing. And then Breadwinner, punk old punk band that has a compiled uh, album of all their old EPs. I didn't care about that. That was fine. I don't care that much about old punk. I listened to it for like research purposes, you know, and I was like, oh, there's some good stuff in there. But not really my thing. And that was all the music. Television. I went on and on last time about his dark materials, but we finished it. And it did end strong. The last two episodes are good, but I had a lot of problems with that show. Uh, Star Wars Bad Batch. I'm watching that. It's fine. The last episode was actually kind of cool. There was a Wookiee Jedi. That was pretty cool. Is that a spoiler? I hope not. Um, I think it's known already in the canon, if you keep up, that there's a Wookiee Jedi because there's an unfinished Clone Wars episode where they released the animatics that they did not get to finish when Disney bought Lucasfilm. So if you didn't already know that, it's not my fault you can't keep up. Anyway, um, yeah, Bad Batch is fine. It's a kid's show. I enjoy it. Uh, the Witcher Blood Origin, we watched that four episodes, prequel to The Witcher. It was kind of cheesy, but by episode three or something, I was really into it. I've also have, I left this out of all of this, but I basically drank every day of January. <laughs> I think it was the day I got out of quarantine. I was like, no dry January. It's going to be wet, dry, wet January. So I've been drinking like red wine mixed with like Zevia ginger ale. <laughs> Free night. Oh my god, it's been so great. I can't now because of my colonoscopy. I have to stop. But uh yeah, so I watched a lot of this stuff drunk, which just made it all better, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then we're watching The Last of Us, which is as good as everybody says, except for it's deeply problematic and its depictions of Boston and the environment and the in the surrounding environs is completely incorrect. The city looked wrong. The geography of the city was wrong. The state house didn't look right. It wasn't next to the commons. There's just so many problems, but uh the show is awesome anyway. It's so good. I had never played the game. I didn't know really know anything about it, but I'm very happy with it. We started watching Letterkenny because everybody kept telling me I had to watch Letterkenny. They're broadly right. It's pretty funny. I do have some questions about it, but there are six seasons and we're just finishing up season two. It doesn't seem to ever get cold in this Canadian town, which is really weird. But uh, it's funny. It's interesting. It keeps me, uh, yeah, it keeps me going. SNL's back. We've been watching that. We've been watching Poker Face uh, on Peacock with Natasha Lyonne, produced and sometimes directed by Ryan Johnson. It is basically Supernatural Columbo, and it's great, and we're very into it. Uh, Legends of Vox Machina that my friends Nick and Bouchard told me about. It came out of this thing called Critical Role. If you're in the D&D world, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not, but I learned all about it from Bouchard. It's very fascinating. They just have like endless campaigns and, and it's like a creative studio sort of hard to explain, but they got a show on Amazon Prime and it's animated D&D kind of thing with dick jokes and it's fun. It's basically like Bad Batch, but D&D with more adult potty humor, which is, you know, the turn your brain off after a hard day of work and parenting part of me really enjoys. And then uh, we've been watching the UK game show Taskmaster, which somebody said was the greatest thing on TV. And it makes me laugh a lot. It's just like basically, if you ever remember At Midnight here in the US, At Midnight seems to be a spinoff, or not a spinoff, but a ripoff of Taskmaster. So, you know, late night comedy in game show form, maybe like when Ben Stein's money back in the day, but more absurdist. It's been going on for like 12 seasons. We started on nine because that's the only ones we could find in America. But a lot of it wouldn't translate to the average American, so I can see why it's not streaming anywhere. <laughs> but it's pretty good. 
movies. They only watched three movies. Um, you know, the Oscar nominations came out, and there's only a few I hadn't seen. There's that weird one that got like a Best Supporting Actress nom. I haven't seen the Bill Nighy one yet. But really, what I felt most that I hadn't seen that I needed to, my friend Josh Biss told me that EO was like his favorite film of the year. That's the donkey film, Polish. He was right. It is beautiful. Just wonderful film. Just amazing. So I watched that. Uh, I hadn't seen All Quiet on the Western Front. It took me four days to watch it because it was so hard to watch because it was so well done, so harrowing, so depressing, so just horrific. Very good film, though. But oh, my God, that just that that was hard. And then RRR, the three-hour Indian film that I think got nominated for Best Foreign, but honestly should have been up for Best Picture because it's just fucking awesome. And it made me so happy. And I like watching men punch and try and fight tigers and uh, then break out into song. My God, so great. Which is why I went and downloaded Sholay, the old Indian film I watched in my youth. And uh, those are the only three films I got through. I'm in the middle of one more. And then we're going to watch Wakanda Forever this week sometime now that I got it. And I'll try and get Babylon in. Um, but you know, mostly I'd seen in my, uh, quarantine, I'd seen almost all the other major nomination films. So I feel pretty caught up this year about that. And then on the book front, I finished Octavia Butler's Parable of the Sower, which was very, very good. I kind of want to read the sequel, but it was very hard to watch a a TV show about post-apocalyptic America, The Last of Us, while reading a book about post-apocalyptic America, Parable of the Sower. And I was just like, I need a break. So, in taking a break, I made the terrible mistake of starting uh, Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States, which I've never read. I freely confess it is a lapse in my education, which is why I'm reading it. Except the thing is, it's not really a lapse in my education because Howard Zinn was so influential. A, he influenced my entire junior high and high school and college education. And B, I've read so many other history books by acolytes of Howard Zinn that I, I am now one halfway through the book and I don't think I've learned a single thing. And all it does is make me feel bad every night. I'm drunk. I just finished a great little batch of comedy and Letterkenny and Legend of Vox Machina and SNL. And I'm feeling good and had a great time with my wife. And I'm on my painkiller antidepressant medication and work is going well. And my daughter's better and life is going well. And I go to bed and I start reading this Howard Zinn book about all the horrors America has committed. And I'm just like, I can't deal with this. And I'm like forcing my way through it as like a penance. It's going to take me like two months I seriously, it's already been four weeks, I think. And I just, I don't know. I'll finish it because I hate not having read Howard Zinn's People's History, People's History of the United States. But I'm, my God, I've read this book through other books already. And I, I want to stop, but I can't. It's really hard. And I got two really good books lined up next. And I just want to get to them. But, and I end up reading all these PDFs now on my e-readers. So, like, I don't even read this book so much. I got through, like, 50 pages this morning when I was watching Jane. But I don't know, man. It's rough. It's rough. It's been good talking to you. I hope all is well in your life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope your January was lovely and you're not too depressed in February. Maybe you're as excited about February as my daughter. She's so into February. She told me it was her favorite month this morning. I'll talk to you guys again in three weeks. By then it'll be March, I think. So take care.